0: Okay, I think we're set. Janet's now the host, so anybody else that comes on, she can, she can let them in. All right, let's go to 1 Timothy. tonight. So we start.
1: What is a concordance?
0: What is a concordance? And
1: should I have one? Yeah,
0: oh yeah, I think everybody should have a concordance. Uh, your a book. concordance is, a, is a, a book with a list of every word that's in your Bible. Uh, a concordance If you, you can't think of the scripture but you can think of, of the word atonement where you look that up in, in the concordance and it will give you all the scripture where that verse is okay. and it just helps you get there uh, uh, your bible may even have a concordance in the back of it uh, so, so that, that really <laughs> works Every, everyone needs a concordance and, so, and, that's, and that's a good one. That's a good one there. Alright, 1 Timothy. As we get started, I want to give you a little bit of background on 1 Timothy. Uh, as we go through our study, our series on Christ of the book, we, uh, we're, we're identifying Christ in each and every book of the Bible. Uh, we're a long way from Timothy... But tonight I'll tell you, in the book of Timothy, Christ is the one mediator. Uh, the believers hope he is the one mediator uh, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There is no other mediator. The book of 1 Timothy makes that very clear to us. Um, I think it's probably the key verse. Uh, look at... 1 Timothy 2, 5. There are those that want to say that Mary is a mediator, and so they'll pray to Mary. And there's some that say, well, Mary's ticked out, she's ticked off at us also, so we have to go to her mother, which is Anne. How they know that I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I heard
1: that. But
0: uh, yeah. and so she's she's huh?
1: I never heard that. Yeah, that Anne's the
0: mother of Mary, and so if you have really done a big sin, you're gonna to have to get Mary's mother to uh, to forgive you. But 1 Timothy chapter two, verse five, settles the issue. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So if we get absolutely nothing else out of this study over the next month or so understand this point that only Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man when he says he is the way the truth and the life and no man comes to the Father but by me believe him not Oprah okay you know she says there's all sorts of roads by the way all roads all religions do lead to God But only through Christ is there salvation. Every other road leads to judgment. Every knee is going to stand. Every eye is going to confess. So so all all roads, all religions will take them to God. But only Christ's salvation. Diana. Every
1: mouth
0: will confess. Every mouth. Every mouth shall confess. Every knee shall bow. What did I say? I. Oh, uh, yeah. Every mouse will confess. You don't confess with your eyes? No. No, you don't, do you? Okay. So yeah. So, um, <laughs> but Acts four twelve says there neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no uh, for there's no other way of salvation except through Christ. Uh, he is the mediator. Uh, he is God's plan and purpose for the redemption of mankind through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is this letter to Timothy that Paul writes to make sure that Timi- Timothy uh, knows that, to explain that. It, we need to keep in mind what Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. In Ephesus, they had the Temple of Diana. There, it was such a A pagan city uh, such a very difficult place to really minister that uh, Timothy one of his primary jobs was to make sure that sound doctrine was preached was taught was declared and it doesn't surprise me that that doctrine position is the first to start out that there's only one mediator between God and man. Um, we know what the number one means, right? One. How many, how many more are there if there's only one? There's only one. There's no other. And so that, that's essential that we keep that in mind. Timothy is the pastor in Ephesus. Um, had a lot of different issues Uh, He had stomach issues. He had health issues. Think he was meek and mild. I think it's interesting that uh, Paul tells the church in Corinth, uh, he tells them, do not scare Timothy. He tells the church in Corinth, do not scare Timothy. He tells the church in Corinth, don't let Titus scare you. So it kind of gives us an, and probably when we're done with Second Timothy, we're going to go, uh, we'll go into Titus to kind of do a comparison with these two ministers. They're two different styles, but how God used both of them in a in a tremendous way. So one of the clearest insights is to the church in Corinth: Do not scare Timothy. To the church in Corinth: Do not let Titus scare you. Uh, so uh, we'll get a, an impression. Paul writes to Timothy from Macedonia. Uh, He is in Greece, probably Troas, which is going to be one of the first, one of the places that he's also captured, uh, arrested the second time. Uh, We know that Paul is uh, he's arrested in Jerusalem. And he is shipped to Rome, and all the story, as we go through the book of Acts, we see all the stuff that took place there. He goes to Rome, and he is in Rome for a a certain period of time, but he is released from that first imprisonment in Rome. It's there that he writes uh, to the church in Ephesus, he writes to the church in Philippi, he writes to the church in Colossae, he writes (laughs) to the church in Philemon, or he writes to to Philemon, Um, all of those uh, prison epistles are written during that imprisonment, but Paul is released, and it's after that release that he uh, potentially goes to Spain, we don't know. Church history has him going to Spain. He does say to to the church in Rome that he wanted to go to the far reaches of the West. That would have been Spain at that time. Whether he goes there, we don't know. But he is out for a certain period of time. Diana,
1: where's Torres?
0: It's it's also in Macedonia. It's in Greece. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a city in in Macedonia in in Greece. So Paul writes to Timothy after he is released. Look, we have hint that he's going to be released. Look at Philemon. I mean, Philippines. Philippians. 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 Look, at, look at Philippians. Did I say Philemon? <laughs> look at Philippines at look at Philippians look at Philippians, <laughs> look at Philippians one yeah but the sad thing is some of you are trying to find Philippians or Philippines look, look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 19 this is Paul writing to the church there for I know that this shall turn to my salvation uh, he was already saved here. So the word salvation here, he, deliverance. Deliverance from, from what? From, from jail. Yeah. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation, deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always. So now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I know not. For I am in a strait between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you, all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that in your rejoicing, may be more abundant in Christ Jesus for me by my coming to you again. Look at Philippians 2:24. He's talking about verse 19, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Look at verse 24. But I trust in the Lord that I also shall myself come shortly. And there are other scriptures that, that point to the fact that that he was released and had a short period of ministry uh, after that release from the Roman prison. Uh, but something happened in 19, uh, 1964. Something happened in 64 A.D. Well something happened in 1964 too, but something interesting happened in 64 A.D. Rome burned. Nero burned Rome. Who did Nero burn for setting Rome afire? Christians, the Christians. And so it was illegal to be a Christian. And it was because that law was passed that Paul was arrested uh, a second time. And uh, it's at this point when he is in a Roman prison again, writing to second Timothy that he talks about I'm now ready to be offered up I fought the good fight my departure is in. that was that that time first and second Timothy just wasn't <clears throat> wrote one and went oh yeah there's more I need to say and wrote second Timothy there was a time period in between them of several years uh, where Paul continued to to minister during that time where he wrote uh, wrote first first Timothy as you go through the book of First Timothy, uh, the letter consisted of Paul's instructions to him to do several things. Uh, se- one thing was to make sure that sound doctrine was taught and and realized. Um, he was to combat false doctrine because the Judaizers still continued to come up and do their do their thing. They There were those that were coming up and continued to teach the law. They continued to come and try to confuse those those believers. Uh, He was to appoint elders in that church in Ephesus, uh, spiritual, godly leaders that uh, uh, could continue the work there. How critical, how absolutely critical it is that, uh, uh, that a church has elders that can step in uh, and, and do the work of the church, uh, but also direction concerning th- supervising uh, the life of the church, uh, how the church was to conduct itself. Uh, the, the verse that I would pick that would explain kind of the overall picture of 1 Timothy is uh, uh, 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. This sort of sums it up. This is the key verse. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So why did he write this to Timothy? So you might know how you ought to behave yourself in the church. That That... That's more than just telling kids, hey, don't run down the aisle. That's more than telling kids, you know, hey, you can't take food or drink inside. It's how to behave thyself, how to conduct yourself, how how to conduct the affairs of the local congregation. And one of the first things Timothy does is he appoints elders in in the church. So all of this is a background as to the truth that he's about to teach uh, Timothy to encourage him to get him set and ready to pastor this church. The the primary theme of the book of 1 Timothy uh, is to organize and to oversee. Organize and oversee and the the truth of it is how this really is how a a church, the body of Christ, the local congregation should conduct should be conducting itself. So, Okay, 1 Timothy 1. 1 Timothy 1, let's get started. Any questions about that? All right, 1 Timothy 1. Probably written about 67 A.D. Probably written about 67 A.D. Uh, Rome burned in 64 A.D. So Paul, and, and that's just kind of guessing. That's theologians taking the, a piece of this writing from Paul and <coughs> comparing it to here and, and trying to, to figure out a little bit of the, time, the timeline.
1: Question?
0: What? So yeah. then um,
1: he, was in, he wasn't writing from prison? Was he writing from prison
0: for the first No, time? no. The, the first time, not, he's out. Yeah, he's, there's 1 Timothy, he's not writing from prison. 2 Timothy, he's writing from prison. Uh, 1 Timothy, he writes from uh, Troas, and uh, he's out, he's been ministering, and he ha- he's encouraging the believers at that time. The key to understanding the book of 1 Timothy is Timothy, teach sound doctrine, develop sound leadership teach sound doctrine develop sound leadership how absolutely important uh, that that is So, 1st Timothy 1 1 Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ which is our hope <coughs> now to me this is one of the strongest verses when you put a lot of other verses with it to to show the deity of Christ, to show that Christ is is God, that he's equal with God the Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all, uh, they're all equal. He, here he, apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, he, he's called of God, he's appointed by God, puts him on the same basis as the twelve apostles to Israel. He is the primary apostle to the church, the body of Christ. He calls himself the apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, A special revelation concerning God's plan and purpose and program for the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ was going to be revealed. Uh, it's, It's a mystery, and a mystery is something that had not been revealed before. Paul says "This, what's going to be revealed to him was hidden in God from before the foundation of the world. How important it is to understand that the truth that's revealed to Paul was a hidden truth. And all the things that he reveals, he even calls it my gospel. My gospel. Um, One of the things he's going to tell Timothy in 2 Timothy, which is... As he's getting ready to check out, look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The things that you've heard of me, from me, teach to others also. He magnified his office. Not because he's an an egotist, but because he had divine revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ himself concerning this present dispensation, the grace of God. And Paul was our apostle. He's making sure that Timothy understands how I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment, by the order, by the... The ordained action of God, our Savior. There you go. God, our Savior. Uh, we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ being our Savior. And He is. Uh, there's many places in Scripture where He talks about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but here it's referring to God, our Savior. Uh, he does it again in, in 1 Timothy 2.3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. He's not excluding Jesus Christ, because He is. So is God the Father. It was all God's plan to bring salvation through His, his Son. Um, look at First Timothy 2.10. No, I'm sorry. Titus 2.10. Look at Titus 2.10. Not purloying, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. But look down at verse 13. It means... Uh, stealing or uh, pilfering. Okay. When I said that word, I thought Dinah's going to ask me what pilfering what means. And sure enough, I just know you, sister. I know you. But isn't, that, but isn't that good? Verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's so many places in the scripture it uses that term um, in, in many different ways to to show that the Lord Jesus Christ He is God He is our Savior God the Father is God He is our uh, Savior and I, I think it's a, again a support of the deity of Christ in Colossians we find that in Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See, we need to keep in mind that the word Trinity is not in Scripture, but it didn't have to be in order for that concept to be taught. The word Godhead is the concept of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit being one God and three persons. It's there. Uh, look at Acts 20. Verse
1: twenty-eight,
0: Acts twenty, verse twenty-eight. I hear you, but he does not. Oh, somebody's asking a question. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but okay, you talk about the Godhead. So, triune and Trinity is not mentioned in Scripture and Old Testament or New Testament.
0: No, the word, the word. The, the word Trinity gotcha. is not By mentioned. But the three entities that God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are. Yeah. But right. But the but the the concept the God the word God the word Godhead is used. Trinity is an English word that uh, uh, was invented in order to express or declare that truth. But the <coughs> okay, word so Godhead like, is. Okay. okay. So like, Yes, absolutely, no, absolutely. Well. And we're yes. and we're part of Him. Uh, but look at John, look at John five, and then we'll go. Keep your finger at Acts twenty, cause we are going to come back back to that. But look at First John five, verse seven. Now, and I know a lot of a lot of Bibles leave this verse out, and I think that's unfortunate. But I think this verse should be there. Uh, verse seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now I can see why a lot of folks would want to have that verse kicked out because it didn't suit their doctrinal position. But I I think that verse needs to be, uh, I think it was included in, in, uh, in Scripture. But Acts 20, verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which He has purchased with His own blood. Who, who shed their blood? Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So you see how it just weaves in that truth of the Trinity throughout the Scriptures. Um, look at Colossians. 7, sorry,
1: Acts,
0: 20. Acts twenty twenty-eight. Twenty, 20, 20. 20 twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Go go to Colossians. Go to Colossians two. Then we'll go back to First Timothy. Go to Colossians. Just I just want to give a few of the scriptures concerning The the deity of Christ. Uh, Because I think that's important that we understand that that truth was absolutely, positively uh, woven into the truth of Scripture. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. What an important verse. For in Him, it's talking about Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. What's another word for Godhead?
1: Trinity. Trinity
0: absolutely. For the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and powers. So Christ represents the fullness of the Trinity bodily, the Godhead bodily. And here Paul is making sure of him that Timothy understands the importance of this doctrine because after all, he's told him, teach sound doctrine. Uh, stand for sound doctrine. Unto Timothy, verse 2. Back to 1 Timothy 1. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace From God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus. That's where he's pastoring. When I went into Macedonia. That's where he's writing to Timothy from. When I went into Macedonia. That you might charge or you might instruct some that they teach no other doctrine. Teach no other doctrine but the doctrine that has been revealed to him concerning this mystery this truth concerning the dispensation of the grace of God rightly dividing the word of truth because where Paul gets into rightly dividing the word of truth one of the last things he writes to Timothy about is doing what rightly dividing the word of truth this is before he's, he's uh, executed uh, he's wanting to make sure he rightly divides the word of truth not, not only that. Look at First Timothy 6:20. He's he's told him to to teach sound doctrine. Uh, he's going to emphasize sound doctrine. Uh, it's Timothy's role to to stand for that sound doctrine. But First Timothy 6:20, old Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. What was entrusted to Timothy? It was the gospel of the dispensation of the grace of God. That's what was entrusted to Timothy was to guard that precious deposit, that thing that has been given unto you, you you guard that. And when Paul's in prison, he's writing to Timothy again. Look at verse, uh, 2 Timothy 1.14. And that good thing, that doctrine that he's going to emphasize over and over, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. That thing that's been committed, That what a, an important role what an important job, what an important lesson it is for those who understand what it means to rightly divide the word of truth that understands those Pauline distinctives concerning this the mystery, how important it is, and we take so much of that out of first and second Timothy. But that you charged some that they should teach no other doctrine. Is there another question? Oh you betcha. Okay, when, we, when
1: when the gospel was entrusted to Timothy, this is the doctrine of the dispensation of grace,
0: correct? I correct. Yes, I think so.
1: But it has nothing to do with redemption, like First Corinthians fifteen one through four. In a nutshell, basically of salvation.
0: Well, right? that that was all, That was Paul's gospel. What what? That's that was at the heart of uh, that disp- that mystery that was given to to Paul had to do with the good news of the grace of God. That gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and what God intended to do through that sacrificial death where salvation was going to be offered to Gentiles and Jews and everyone by grace, not based on a covenant relationship with Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob uh, where Israel was being blinded and salvation was going to be offered based on the merits of Christ's finished work on the cross. That, that was at the heart of, of that mystery, that truth that was, rele- that was given to, to Saul of Tarsus. I'm glad to be so, a
1: part of it. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Diana. Writing, um,
1: dividing, what's
0: that mean? Be here when we get to 2 Timothy 2.15 and cut it, slicing... Precisely, That's what rightly dividing means, to cut with precision. Paul tells Timothy it's much more important than just handling properly. More than just handling properly. It means to rightly divide the word of truth has to do with cutting it precisely, uh, basically distinguishing between... God's prophetic program concerning Israel and God's uh, uh, <coughs> mystery program concerning the church, the body of Christ. That you've got to separate those two programs and understand what in the world the Bible is talking about. You want to understand uh, different contradictions. Uh, Christ says in John 14, let me give you one an example and then we're going to move on. Christ says in John 14, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. Well I got news for you. That doesn't work. I don't care how spiritually that doesn't work. Uh, what works is our marching orders for prayer is in everything with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And what does God promise to do? Provide us the peace that passes understanding. That there are two when, when the the Apostles said move mountain. Under that apostolic authority, That under the kingdom program, that mountain is to be moved. It's going to move. And, and it's going to move. The healing, the gifts, all of those miracles that were taking place under the kingdom program, they were for a purpose to Israel, assigned to Israel. Uh, and there's so much more to, to that. Uh, but to the church, the body of Christ... Uh, Paul could say that if there be tongues they're going to cease whether it be knowledge it's going to vanish you know th- those things are going to come to an end that's all part of rightly dividing and uh, understanding let me give you another one <laughs> I and mean, there's there so many um, but there, I'll, I'll just give you another one and the only way you can explain this is to rightly divide the word and, and in Malachi 3 it says that if you... And we don't preach tithing here. You go, man, my bad. We don't <laughs> preach tithing. We don't preach tithing. We preach giving and offering. But tithing... In Malachi 3, it says... God said to uh, through Malachi, to the nation of Israel, If you don't tithe 10%, you are stealing from God. You are stealing from God. Paul comes in 1 Corinthians 9 and says let every man give as he purposes in his own heart wait a minute there's a far cry from you're stealing from God to you give as you purpose in your own heart not out of necessity not grudgingly for God loves a cheerful giver that's what we're talking about rightly dividing the word of truth (coughs) understanding what is for the nation of Israel understanding what is written to the church the body of Christ which we're part of Israel is temporarily blinded they are set aside God is not working to the nation of Israel. He's working to the church, the body of Christ. It is the Pauline epistles that are our marching orders Amen. today. Amen. Uh, Amen. So that's what rightly divided. Les. I Jordan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Since you already are, right? The, the Levites, okay, they gave, what, 10%? No, the, Le, the, uh, the, the Levites... No, uh, thank uh, uh, God. Right. What I'm saying, there's about three tithes, aren't they? And I can't figure out the third one. Uh, one, because it all went back to Israel. Right. You know, he did go so to some Baptist college or something like that. There, <coughs> there were three types of tithes. Yeah, there's true. But I can't figure out where the third one went. One of them went to the poor, one went to the Levites, but I don't know where the other one went. Uh, there's about 30%, right? Yeah. 30%. Uh, but what went, went to Levi uh, went well, for the well, temple care. care. I, I, I'll look into that. I well, don't they, know. Well, they took care of the temple. They didn't work. They right. Didn't right. That, well, the they would thing. argue with it. <coughs> they'd say they worked. Well, no, to, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. They, they need don't need the there, very right. Very didn't to <laughs> you don't, that time, Yeah. I'll look into that. I've never thought about that. I three. Targeted. but here's what I do know that, that we take an offering uh, we but you I think I've preached on tithing twice in the 25 years I've <coughs> been here
1: giving?
0: giving well no tithing I, I mean I preached on tithing but why we don't tithe and, and preached on, on giving um, and we've never said you better give 10% because God owns 100% of what I have. He doesn't own 10%.
1: No.
0: Uh, God let every man give as he purposes in his own heart. So, yeah, Stephanie, you have a question? Yes. Um, it is,
1: I, I really enjoyed the Bible study because I'm really lucky. Now, where we came from, they were always used, Malachi. 3... Um, yeah, 310. And
0: 310. I mean,
1: you know, about the in man around God. Yeah. Now, was that referring to the literal preaching of the priest, or was that was referring to us?
0: To the church, the body of Christ. Right,
1: absolutely. And this is what they used to make people feel guilty. To
0: hammer you over about. the head.
1: Now, kind, they're going to say, you're of God, you know, and so that is why, like you said, we have to really study this word. And this word, the church itself.
0: It's that absolutely right. You but know, you but you have to study it.
1: So yeah. I, I was really like every I mean, every one we've been to when the time takes off and trial, they were not a the reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. And make people hear the and people just don't
0: get it, you know. But that's not scriptural. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just that. It's scriptural if you were Old Testament and you were Israel. Israel had an obligation. They were under the law. The tithing was under the law. Wow. And we're no longer under the law. We're not Israel. Paul comes along and he let every man give as he purposes. That, that is a sharp contract. And there are so many more. So many more. John and then Jeff. First of all, the time if you time ten percent, it was one out of every ten of the check yeah. on your flock. Right. And if you
1: didn't give one of ten out of the flock and gave money, you had to give twice as much. Right. Yeah. So yeah. You had to give twenty percent.
0: There were the so many laws that bogged down. It wasn't just oh my paycheck. Well, here's a hundred dollars. I need to give ten bucks of it. It was not that not that simple. Because when they
1: gave a. Uh, Part of the flock, they could make and give more. So right. they, that's why they had to give 20 percent if they gave money. Right. Because if you gave it a the flock, it was going to increase on its own. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you gave ten females and
0: one male, well, you're going to get nine offspring every year. What? Right. You know. So, and all, all of that all of that is true, Jeff. I was going to say when uh, Abraham gave from the spoils of right. what he got to- from, from, that,
1: from that battle, yeah. right, the yeah. Lord, and he gave it to Melchizedek, yeah. that was something
0: that he wanted to do. True. Nobody forced him to do that. There was no priest saying, you know, you've got to give
1: those... Right, yeah,
0: not yeah. there was not a requirement. It that wasn't. was not a requirement. So, but, okay. but anyway, it's here where we talk about rightly dividing the word, and... Uh, that gives you a couple of examples and there's a lot more but we won't get into that but, I, but as I besought thee to abide in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine and part of that was guarding that precious deposit guard that doctrine that you've heard from me Paul's gospel and we'll be getting into that a little bit more Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is the faith so do. Uh, that's so much of, well, I'm from this tribe or I'm from that tribe. or Plus, not only that, but the, the Gnostics, uh, Gnosticism, uh, they would go on and on and on about who they belong to and... and uh, there would just be long genealogies that that was a popular not only Jewish uh, custom but even uh, the Gnosticism had them uh, doing that and uh, puff themselves up, build themselves up uh, with this the genealogy and it just ministered more questions. Really the gospel of the grace of God is simple. It's simple. Uh, it's Tradition and ritual and trying to put ourselves back under the law that makes the gospel so difficult to understand. And I'm going to tell you this. It is those traditions that the majority of churches teach and preach today that people have embraced that causes them to miss the truth of the gospel of the grace of God. That's... That, they, uh, Man, where's that offering plate, Patty? <laughs> Our treasure's here. That's good. But that's true. I mean, that, that is true. Because they want to put themselves back under the law.
1: Uh, it's
0: the, those fables. What—what what Paul is saying here is, we want to—we—we we want to edify. We want to edify. We want to edify God. We want to. And all lift. it
1: does is it all. It just separates
0: us from Jesus. Okay, is that a question there? Oh, okay. I thought I heard a question. Verse 5.
1: Now the... Verse 5. Now the end
0: of the commandment is charity or love. Now the end or the goal, the goal of the commandment. Now what... Which commandment is that? I I think the commandment here is the commandment that don't allow them to teach any other doctrine. I think it's in the context here that the goal of this commandment, the goal of what he's telling them... It has nothing to do with the Ten Commandments or the law. It has to do with the purpose of Paul telling them, telling Timothy, you stand firm. You don't allow them to come in and teach uh, these false doctrines. Now the goal or the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned, without, without faith, strong, strong faith. For which some have swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Boy, if that doesn't describe a lot of preaching that goes on today. Just talk idly, without purpose, without meaning.
1: Yeah, I don't want to hear about their daddy and mommy and brothers and oh, sisters. Oh, sure, but that's... And, and just but, blah, 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 like that's, blah, blah,
0: That just goes on and on and on yeah. in, a, in a, lot of, a lot of churches. And I like that word that Paul calls it, vain, vain jangling. Desiring to be teachers of the law, but understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm or what they they don't understand what they teach. They don't understand why they teach it Uh, there. And and that kind of explains who he was dealing with with this false doctrine. Again, I believe there were Judaizers coming up and saying you got to be under the law of Moses. You got to circumcise. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to obey the law. Even during this time here. that that all was going on. Linda.
1: Tell them how many commandments there
0: are. 623. You so, break one, you've broken them all. Yep. Yes, so. yep. That's all. Verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. What What is the purpose of the law, by the way? And, and the law is still in effect. Huh? Well, it, look, exact, look at... Look at Romans 3.20. Romans 3.20. The world is still under the law of the righteous requirements of God. You want to satisfy God? You keep the law. Now, we're not under the law. We're under grace. Hallelujah. But what was the purpose of the law? Maybe I should ask it that way. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin.
1: Amen. Can they get
0: any clearer than that? No. I sat right out here while well, I didn't sat. I, I didn't sit. I stood. We had some visitors. They had been coming here for several uh, several weeks. And I had mentioned that, and boy, they just said that's not the purpose of the law. And I quoted that scripture, and I said, "Well, here's what the Bible says." And I don't care. That's not what the law. Is. That's not. That's not the purpose of the law. I said, "Well, then you need to be arguing with God, not me, because that's what the scripture says." They never came back after that, by the way. did well, they, they say? They. They never did. Well, that's not the purpose. Well, what? Well, what, 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 I asked can't, they said something. I can't remember what they said now. It was so ridiculous mm-hmm. that, that when the scripture tells what the purpose of the law is, is the knowledge of sin. And that's kind of what Paul talks about here. For we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The law of God is righteous because it points to His righteousness. And the law was given by God to mankind So we would know what his standards of righteousness are. So we're not guessing. Lord, how do we satisfy you? How do we uh, appease your your righteousness? Um, God says, I love you so much, I'm going to give you the law. Here, do this and you shall live. But we can't do it. So the law itself is an act of love. It's not a, hey, don't do this because I'm angry and I'm going to judge you and, and watch out for those lightning bolts. That's not, that's not, that's not, God. That's not God. But we know, that and that, this is the whole point that Paul is trying to make to Timothy. For we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. But there, what, did he, what had he already said to the church in Rome? There are none righteous No, not one. So this was just a little. (coughs) For the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, which includes us all, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murders of fathers and murders of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers I think these were slave traders, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, um, avoid them. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God that was committed to my trust. Which gospel was that? The one that Tammy mentioned a while ago, 1 Corinthians 15, 1, 2, and 3. The gospel that Paul proclaimed was the fact that Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again, and based on that, whosoever will, let him come. Paul, and go back to Acts 20. We'll be done. Look at Acts 20 again 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. What is that good news of the grace of God? Is that God the Father recognizes the finished work of God the Son on Calvary's cross as payment in full for anyone who believes. Not just the chosen people, because they have been blinded and set aside, but whosoever will. and it, the, and there's more to the mystery than that, but that's it in a nutshell. Okay. Any other questions or comments, Linda? I think
1: when I got done with that, Paul, I think 28 different times, It was Jesus told Paul, "You are the apostle," and Paul called himself
0: an oh, apostle. Yeah,
1: an apostle, a teacher, an instructor.
0: Okay, Tammy, you Listen. have a question.
1: Oh boy, do no. in, in, in regards yeah, to timelines. Uh, was 2 Timothy the
0: last epistle that Paul wrote? Yes, 2 Timothy's it, the last one. He's, he's and, and what was it, about 63 A.D., 64?
1: What was uh, that?
0: I, I think it was closer to 68.
1: Okay, so he knew of the, the siege of the
0: Jerusalem by Nero being destroyed, right? Well, and, yeah, tied, yeah in 70, that happened in 70 A.D. So, yeah, I think he was... 70 A.D. Se- 70 A.D., 70 okay. AD. right. Okay, so
1: 64 A.D. was the... the, the uh, on the Christians, right?
0: right, and well that and that attack lasted for quite a while. That's during that time that they were thrown to the yeah, thrown to the lions and everything else. So Thank you. Uh, all right, Joy, Joyce has a question. Yeah. Um this
1: um you said turn to Acts twenty-four. Twenty-twenty four. 24.
0: 24. Uh, Acts twenty-twenty-four. Sorry about that. Uh, Acts twenty-twenty four. All right, another uh, question. And, after, uh, but, okay. All right, you are this man.